night, Sunday night, 7 o'clock time for the Sports Phone here on KZYX. Jerry, that's me. I'm hanging out in Portland. Jim is back in the studio. Jim, happy Sunday night. How are you doing today? Happy Sunday night. It's the first, like, yeah. uh, you know, 80, you know, 80-ish day. It's, it's, it's been cool nights yeah. for a while, and it was, it was 80 today. Yeah. Tell me about, real quickly, uh, uh -oh. give me a summary of, because I, I feel like you hadn't done this kind of trip in, a, in some time. You had a little little city vacation, which isn't something I think Gosh, you've done a lot. been a while. A it, it was your mom's birthday, and yeah. she, she was going to her niece and nephew's one-year-old birthday, her niece and nephew's kids. Um, I'm going to stay out of that one. And... and so we went to San Francisco for two nights, stayed in a fancy hotel, which I haven't done in about 10 years, and walked all over the city. You know, North Beach, good food, you know, going to restaurants that aren't just Italian, but where no one speaks English, everyone speaks Italian. It's like a whole different level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it, it reminded me of uh, Italians can know how to make good food. That's... That's um anyway, uh we didn't do any sports. It was uh I didn't even see a there was no games on when I was there. No no NBA games. Yeah, yeah, we were kind of in the middle of uh in the middle of the dead the dead spot while we were waiting for uh wait for the Stanley Cup and then the NBA finals to get rolling. But yeah, glad glad it was a fun trip. I know I, I like I said I know we had a lot of time uh spent a lot of fun trips down there in the city uh when yeah. I was a kid, so glad you were able to it's do always, that. It's, All right. it's always it's fun always fun and then always great to get out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, just it's one of those things you want to spend just enough time before you get overwhelmed. <laughs> just enough time. All right, sports phone. Yeah, let's dive in here. So welcome, everybody, to the sports phone here on KZYX. If you are new to the show, let me give you a quick rundown of what's going to be going on here on the show for the next hour or so. This is an open forum sports talk show. That's the simplest way I've come up to uh, come up with to explain what we do here. Uh, very simply put, Jim and I are big sports fans. We talk sports a lot in our day-to-day -day lives. We've been players. We've been coaches. And so we just want to spend this one hour talking sports on KZYX. And more importantly, we want to open up the phone lines and give you the opportunity to call in and talk about whatever you would like to talk about going on in the world of sports. Can be professional, high school, college, rec league, whatever it is, wherever it is. We just want to talk about it. We want to hear about it. Uh, and we love talking about anything sports related questions, comments, concerns, quizzes, trivia questions, anything you'd like. We want to talk about it. We want to hear about it. So we look forward to opening up the phone lines and getting rolling with that in just a little bit. But before we do that, we are uh, we have a guest for the week uh, and I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure, Jim, how this subject came to be. I think we've kind of dabbled in it here and there, but when you told me we're getting uh, this this guest on and we're going to talk about this, I was all in. I, I think it'll be a really interesting you know, conversation. It, 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 it's, it's, it's just I wasn't quite sure how we got there, but why don't we go ahead and it's, introduce our guest, and then we'll kind of talk about the, the subject we're going to discuss. With yeah, them, it's with them. it's it's rare that that we have a guest on for a specific topic. Usually, we have a, a coach or an AD about a school and about the playoffs. Right. But this is about a, a topic in small schools. So she, let's let's bring Josh on. This is Josh Ferks. Hold on there a second, Josh. 
Josh Furks, listen to this, everybody. Talk about this started last week when we we had the uh, the Laytonville softball team. Like everybody in the team called in, it seemed like. But this is Josh Furks. He was a student in Laytonville High School. He coached at Laytonville High School. He now he's a PE teacher at Laytonville High School. The athletic director at Laytonville. The health teacher. He left and went to Holy Names and played basketball for two years. Well, I, I take that back. He went to college and he played basketball while he was at college studying uh, for two years at Holy Names. And now we have Josh. You ready, Josh? Man, I'm ready. So Josh is living the dream. He's moved back to Laytonville. He's pretty much in charge of the gym. He 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 re, he he um, replaced the legend Sue Carberry in Laytonville as the I believe the PT teacher and the athletic director. I'm assuming she did all those things too. Man, if if anyone could replace her, I'm try. I'm still trying every day. Sue, you know, Sue, Jim, she's she's irreplaceable. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's her and Pinoli have both left us. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. So, Jer, the topic. I guess I'll try to say. It. So, the interest. I'm going to say it. Start right here. The interest in team sports has fallen off in small schools. I think it's fallen off all over in all size schools, but because of yep. purely because of math, a sm the smaller the school, the more the interest, it's just a pure percentage. It still takes 10 players to have a team. And if there's only 180 kids in the school, it's a lot harder to get those 10 than if there's 500 in the school or 5,000 in the school. So it appears like it affects um, the small schools more, which it does in the bottom line. So we decided we talk about the reality of this. You know, we, we I don't think we can blame it on COVID anymore. I mean, for a while, um, I think it dropped off a lot in COVID, Josh. And then all of a sudden, um, COVID's back and... We're not booming with team sports anymore. And just for instance, and I'm going to let you two talk a bit. Um, when I started coaching in Mendocino, <clears throat> around little about 2000, 23 years or so ago, um, I started with middle school. At, at that point in the high school, there was a JV and a varsity football team. There was a girls and a boys soccer team. There was a JV boys soccer team. There was a JV and and varsity volleyball team. There was a cross-country team, a JV basketball team, a varsity basketball team. Boys yeah. and girls fielded both, varsity and JV. In the spring, there was softball. There was baseball. There was track, golf, tennis. If that was about 15 sports, Mendocino was down to about eight, seven or, seven or yeah. eight. And, and what's going on, Josh? Man, you, you, so, so Jim and Jerry, you guys are talking about, we're talking about the lack of enrollment, the, the decline in small school sports, but I think it's big school sports too. I think it's sports across the board. We're just not getting kids to come out and play. And, and, and we're going to talk about why. I, I'm curious to see what you guys think. I got a few, a few perspectives on my own. I, we're seeing a huge decline in Laytonville. So you talk about all those sports when you had. I graduated Laytonville in 1990. Our, our enrollment in Laytonville now is 110. Back when I graduated, it was probably 140 or so. We, we, we had same as you guys have. We didn't have tennis and golf, but we had all those other sports. So every kid in high school, when I think back of it, 
was playing sports. Like, it's just what you did, right? You just played sports no matter what you were doing, no matter if you were an athlete, if, if you were a country boy. Like, everyone just got out there and played, and we're not seeing that today. The kids aren't coming out to play today. What? And, Jer, how has it changed okay. since you've been there, since you were in high school? So, in terms of the sports that were, were offered yeah, specifically? And, yeah. I, so, when I when – I, graduated or i guess when i started in mendo as a freshman that was still the era of a varsity and jv football team Hmm. by the time i was a junior i believe we were down to a varsity football team which by 10th grade or by my senior year i think there was no football team i I get mixed up a little bit of uh, of that but I think it was probably somewhere in the middle by the time I graduated, uh, between the fifteen Jerry, did, and the eight. Did, did or you? What sports did you play, Jerry? Did you play? I, like I, yeah. I played it. I played every sport every year. I played football. I played basketball, and I played baseball. And we had wrestling. And I would have wrestled, but it was during basketball season. So, kids, we just played everything. Did you, Jerry? I, I played. I played soccer one year, and outside of that, I just played basketball. Um, I enjoyed my one year of soccer, but yeah, I, I was just basketball. Uh, with the kind of the goals I, I had at the time, it was really just that was the one sport. It wasn't because I didn't like other yeah. sports. It's just I enjoyed basketball enough. Um, but I, I guess I, I a question I had, and I'll, I'll field this to both of you, because, uh, Jim, you were an athletic director for a very short time, and you've yep. been involved in a lot of high school sports. And, Josh, you are an athletic director. Do you think it's the role of... Is the role of the of an athletic director to try to keep sports alive if there's minimal interest in them? Is that would you say that's part of your job description to try to keep sports going that have waning interest? I don't, Jerry. I think a hundred percent. I think that's yeah. my main job is to get sports and keep sports and, and keep engagement and keep the kids playing. I think that's not just part of it. I think that's my the biggest part for me is to try and keep these kids out there, provide opportunities, give them chances to play, get get teams we can we can have them going to and and it's tough, you guys. It's tough, and and we're talking about like. What do you think, Jim? Is that I mean, I'm sure Devil's you're advocate, thing, right? We're supposed to. Are Dev- you cool? Let's hear it. Devil's, Devil's advocate. I watched this in Mendo. Um, uh, we all know and love Noah. He's he's one of the senior athletic directors now. Now that uh, Carberry and yep. and um, yep. and Pinoli are gone, I Noah might be up there at the top of that senior list. And I used to remember. I don't know if he still does it, but he's a, he used to hustle. He he would put up sign up sheets. He would yep. go talk to kids. He would yep. he would hustle the kids, and I always would tell him, "Are you sure these kids want to play? Because if they don't really want to, play, if we need eight to play basketball, yep. and you're talking the sixth and seventh and eighth people into playing girls basketball or whatever it is, yeah, but they really don't want to. Isn't that putting a lot of pressure on on the the coach? Can you really?" It's if they don't like what they see, they're going to drop out. They go, well, I don't want to come to practice, but they need me. I mean, yeah. isn't isn't there a little bit of pre- weird pressure if you talk kids into playing that don't really want to play? I, yeah, there is for sure. And one thing that we're doing at Laytonville this year, we've talked about it with the school board, is talking about 
minimum numbers. Like, what do you, what do you do? When do you decide to close a team? When right. do you, we're offering all these sports, but when do you decide not to have it? And what's that number look like? We're trying, you know, like you just said, Jim. Do if we got to beg six, seven, and eight to come on the basketball time when we know they're not going to play. So then we sign them up. We start the season six, seven, and eight. Don't like running. They don't like doing it. And they drop out. And then it leaves us with five. And then, then we're stuck, and then we're in a bad position, and, and, and it's stuck, and it's hard. And, and to defend Josh, Josh's position and kind of the example you gave before that, I would, like, look at is what's the alternative, right? Is the alternative you yeah. just make no effort and just let every sport eventually die? Like, because that's the other end of that extreme. If, if there's hustle and put up flyers and get people to participate, the other end of that is you do nothing. And the, the positive, the positive spin on it is, Josh, if you can talk three kids into running on yeah. a soccer field, and only and one of them turns and says, "I like being on this team," I I, I think that's a success. Yeah. Yep. You know, similar to teaching, right? Like we're trying to touch all these kids, and we're trying to help them be better people. And then, and you you hear this all the time. Well, if we can just reach one. Yeah. And and then and then it's a success. Well, it's the same thing with sports. We're trying. We need more than one, obviously, but we're trying to just get these kids to give them opportunities. So let's go back to you guys. The, the question, like, why are we seeing a decline? Because I was, you guys prepped me with this, and so I was one. I didn't want to come on here without. So I talked to Sue Carberry. I talked to my admin, and we are seeing a decline. People, kids are not playing sports no more, so why is that? What do, what do we think it is? Are we going to say Are we gonna say it's the COVID? It's the COVID effect? I think that's part of it. it I honestly do think that's part of it. Are we going to blame? Are we going to say it's because kids are plugged into their phones? It's because they're too busy on social media? I think that's part of it. I think that's definitely part of it. Are we going to say kids just aren't into sports as much? As crazy as that sounds, I think that's another finger on the hand, right? How, that's another feather in this whole thing. There's multiple reasons. How does, if social media has something to do with it, when Robert was on here, he got pretty deep into the social media aspect of it. He thought, you know, kids can be part of a team on their phone. They're part of Facebook. They're yeah. part of Instagram. They're part of this. They're part of that. They're part of the. I don't even know the right ter- terminology, but that that is, that was is is their camaraderie. That those people are cheering them on on social media. They're supporting each other. Isn't that what we do on a team sport as well? Maybe they are. We try to. Maybe we try they, to. You know, we, we try to. Yeah, I I think there are. As the youngest member of our little panel here, <laughs> I, will, uh, <laughs> I, I, I would say social media in general is, a, is an answer. But I, to whittle that down a little bit, I would even go as far to say I think there are activities nowadays in our modern culture of 2023 that are more widely accepted than they were even going back to my time in high school 13 years ago in 2010. And I'll give you a perfect, and this is, I guess, my example of this. The Jim, I don't know how much of this is going to go over your head, uh, but but I think I think you're going to get my point here. There are people nowadays who make a living on social media, streaming themselves playing video games in front yeah. of thousands and thousands of people. 
10, Jerry, 20 my son years watches ago. Them. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And Josh knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. With that. I lost a player. I lost right. a player. So, so 10, 20 years ago, even further back, you played video games, and I'm making extreme here, in your basement, and it was a, it was not a socially accepted activity in the same way it is now. Nowadays, kids see their favorite streamer making hundreds of thousands, if not millions yep. of dollars, and they want to do that because that is what they can connect to. So, the, and they build their camaraderie and community around that in the way that we Jerry do we, we offer we have an esports class at Laytonville exactly. we, we're not the only school that offers esports so and, yeah. and it's crazy to me like I'm, I'm I, I feel I feel kind of two different ways I'm on the fence about this and they take a class to go play video games and they compete against other schools they set it up like a league and like I don't know how I feel about that you guys like I don't I want to support it. Like I even CIF and NCS is kind of getting behind it. There, when, when I go to the AD meetings, it's brought up, and and like the old schoolers don't. They're, you know, like dude, they get enough time on the video games at home. I think we're we're trying to unplug them and trying to plug them into reality and activity. And I think before I forget about it, another reason kids are declining is because they're afraid to fail. Isn't the hugest thing and the biggest lesson about sports is you fall down, you mess up, and you grow, and you got to work, and you got to progress, and you got to accept that failure to find the success. I think a lot of these kids nowadays are so afraid to fail and look bad and look like they're not perfect, like social media. They're, they don't have the you know on social media they're just perfect. Everything's great. Our life's perfect. Our bodies, our clothes. You know what I mean? Like, and then in sports. It's going to slap you in the face. In sports, you're going to fall down. You're going to miss a layup. You're going to get tackled. And then how do you react on that? I think that's those six, seven, eight kids we talked about. When they fall down and they're not all in, they're going to quit. And, they, and I see it every year. They walk off. It's too hard. I can't do it. I didn't know it was this much running. And, and so the fear of failure, hmm. I think, is another one of those fingers on the hand of why our, why our numbers are declining, you know? Yep. What is more stressful for you as an athletic director? <clears throat> I mean, what takes more work? Trying to get a team and there not being a team or getting a team and having to administrate for that team? Is it, is it harder for you? What's it like for you when you fail to get a team? Is it, it's less work once the, the season starts, but overall, is it, is, it, is it more stressful for you not to have a team? It sucks, Jim. You, it it huh. sucks to not have a team. We're, we're doing, like, I'm going to show the example is football in Laytonville. We haven't had foot. We did have it last year. We haven't had it a couple years in COVID. Our numbers are super down. Laytonville is a football, basketball town. The right. community wants so bad to have football. They're, they're, I get called, just football, football. And so I'm pushing and pushing and pushing for football. And then when I don't have enough kids and I have to close it down, like, that it is hard. And the community feels it. And I don't think people understand the work that we're doing and how hard we're trying. But we can't make these kids play, you guys. And, 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 and it's sucky as it sounds, you know, they're just interested in other things. I think that there's so many things going on in their worlds. Now, Jerry, you remember, Jim, we, we barely had dial tone phones. So all we had was the ball, the bat, the basketball, the football, like that was our main 
source of entertainment. These kids have so many things that attract their attention mm-hmm. and get their and get their time. That sports isn't one of them because sports. And let's face it, it's hard. It's, like, yeah. Athletics is hard. It pushes you. It challenges you. You sweat. You cry. You bleed. You know what I mean? Like, it's not always the sexy Super Bowl touchdowns or the Steph Curry three-point jumpers. You know what I mean? Like, all the work before that happens, I just mm-hmm. don't think kids want to put that time and that effort in. They're just too quick to, like, ah, oh, that was too hard. I'm going to go back over here, and I'm going to play on my phone. I'm going to call my buddy. I'm going to play my video game. You know what I mean? Like, and they're just yeah. going to... They just don't do it, you know. What um? What does CIF say in NCS? What, what, what they're, they're, they're seeing a decline too. We're seeing a decline all across the board. The numbers are down. The teams are down. The, the enrollment's down. You know, it's it's funny because I, we were at the AD meeting last time, and and Milo, the AD for Clear Lake, is one of them old schoolers from that's yep. been around forever. And he and I've learned so much from him, and he's so great. And Milo, we're gonna miss you so much, but he. He was talking about, like, we always talk about competitive equity, right? Like, what's fair? And, Jim, you know this. We talk about the public and the private schools. Like, we, it's hard yeah. for us to compete against those against those schools. But the NCL1, their numbers are so down, they were talking about, like, they want to just, at the beginning of the year, reshuffle the leagues and see because of enrollment numbers and, and team numbers they're, they can't compete against the technologies and the credos and the Valley Christians and the Emeryvilles and all these cities from the Bay Area, the private schools that just have so many kids to draw from, where we are shrinking. And they want, and it, it was, I was just like, dang, is that what he really said? He wanted to, can you imagine no NCL 1, 2, and 3? Just like putting us all together in like a league Jeez. to where Laytonville would have to try and compete against Clear Lake, you know? It, Fort Bragg, Willits. It, it, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But in some sports, they would dominate us, but then maybe in some sports we can compete. So maybe he's not too, they're not too far off. You know, it's like, it, it's just so different sport to sport on, you never know who you're going to get, you know, and who, and who's going to come out. It's, it, it's really, really bizarre. And I don't know the true answer. What do you think it is, Jim? <laughs> what do you think it is, Jerry? I, I, I don't think there's this, as we've kind of said, I don't think there's one specific answer to this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we've touched on a lot of things. The only other one I would I yeah. would put in put out there, uh, and and uh, and then I think we'll we'll kind of wrap up a little bit. Uh, if yeah. if we're gonna put some of it, which I think rightfully so, on on the perspective change of the students, I I think it's really I, I would put some level of it also on pressure from coaches. I I think it's really important, especially at small schools for coaches to know what they're getting themselves into. That doesn't mean that they can't be competitive. It doesn't mean that they can't want to win. But it means that, to back to our example, that if you have an eight-person basketball team, your your sixth, seventh, and eighth players might have one foot in the door. And and you you have to build around that and account for that, (laughs) where you you have to know you're not coaching at Duke. Right. And, and I and I think it's important that that coaches have I mean, that Jerry, Jerry, mindset we, we and talked about Yeah, we've talked about the decline in the athletes. Well I tell you what, at least over here in Laneville, it's hard to find coaches. Right. It's hard to find people that are willing to come out and coach these teams. We've been struggling with, with numbers of trying to get a coach for every sport. I'm trying to they want me to coach this and coach that because we can't get it because we can't get a coach. So it's 
it's not just the players. It's across the board. I remember. I want to. I want to get a real quick story here. Um, uh, before the internet, we would have to go and do like you know how you have to take that coach's course to keep your certification. Well, we used yeah. to have to go go to a school and 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 go to a class. And Sue Carberry yep. taught the class, and I'll never forget what she said. She is asking us, "Why do kids play sports?" And we were coming up with all these these philosophical reasons that makes a better person, and all this. Yeah. And Sue Carberry got up there and said, "You know, in Laytonville, I think if we just got on the bus, went to Fort Bragg, went to Taco Bell, got back on the bus, and came home, the kids would be just as happy than if they played a game." And, and so there, there's so much more to this. <clears throat> there's so yeah. much more. Yeah. Yeah, Jerry, where should we go? I, I love you guys. We we it, it's. I think we could go on and on. I don't think that there is an answer. I'm going to tune. Some of your callers, as I'm super. Let's see who calls. People think, you know what I mean. So, like, I want to hear. You know, like we don't. I'm not. I don't know everything. I'm just trying my hardest every day, like you guys are trying, and I don't know the answer. Yeah, put up, Jerry. No, no, I, I don't think we ever will get a get a perfect answer. Uh, but we tried, and it was a great conversation. Uh, it's always fun. I think philosophically, love you guys so it's a much. great conversation. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, this, this was great. Thank you, Josh. You guys are awesome, man. You can call me anytime. I love you guys. Listen up, Josh. If anyone calls in and really has a, a really interesting thing that 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 ruffles your feathers, um, they, when they call back, give us a call back later if you want. Perfect. To. Thanks will a lot, do, brother. Love you guys. Later. All right, Chair, that was a good one. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I, I wanted to quickly uh, uh, make a reference here. Uh, and I don't know if, if Josh is still listening, but it's something that I, I always think comes up and I, it's just fascinating to me. Uh, when the, when the eSports class stuff comes up, and, and I get where, where Josh is coming from. I, I think he's on that kind of line of, of like having thoughts about it one way or the other. Uh, just as a reference here, uh, in the twenty the twenty twenty two World Championships for a game called League of Legends, yeah. sold out the Chase Center for fan for fan attendance. Just to watch, people, just to watch, and the winning team brought in a prize pool of almost four hundred of almost five hundred thousand dollars. So the so the so big question like, is: this are, is a to to say that there's not like a teamwork and camaraderie and being a, a team at for something like this that's just it's not the case it's different i get where there's the resistance to it but you know esports is as much of a team event as any other team sport like a traditional so so we're gonna have to call it a team sport and oh yeah and instead of making it an excuse while people aren't playing the team sports that we like maybe we should accept this as a team sport and say these kids are playing, and it just happens. Maybe Laytonville, Mendocino, maybe maybe ten years from now there will be a legitimate league for esports. You, you, oh yeah, it's coming. I mean, it's already okay. in college to a certain level. It's get the Olympics is dabbling with it a little bit. It's, really? It's yeah, it's arrived. It's and it's like I said, it's it's a socially accepted thing in a way that it wasn't uh, previously. Before you get the trivia question, Jared, I'm going to open up the phone lines. Either way, seven zero seven eight nine five. Two four four eight. If you if you want to get in on this conversation of what is going on with team sports, especially in small schools, even though it's it's happening everywhere, 
Um, you're welcome to call. If you want to talk about anything in the world of sports, give us a call, 707-895-2448. How about a trivia question? Oh, I've been sitting on this trivia question, Jim, for two weeks. Uh, it's one of my – I'm so proud of this question. I thought, I, I love it because I don't know how I didn't come up with it previously. Uh, I have a list from Forbes uh, as of 2022. And if we're talking money, we're talking Forbes, right? Forbes knows their money. Sure. Uh, I have a list of the top 50 most valuable sports franchises in the world, not in the United States. In the world, I have grabbed the top 10 from that list. Uh, and let's see if we can put that list together. What the top 10 most valuable sports franchises are in the world. Uh, and I have some cool little facts and nuggets to kind of sprinkle in as we go through. Um, and a bunch of a bunch of interesting stuff. But yeah, if you want to take a guess, throw out a sports franchise. We'll take a look, see if they're in the top 10. Uh, top 10 most valuable sports franchises in the world. And you can do that at 707-895-2448. Or you can... Email me at DJ, that's the letter D and the letter J. Again, that's DJ at K-Z-Y-X dot O-R-G. Put the sports phone in the subject line. I'll see it there. We'll read your email. If you want to uh, rant about something else, we'll read your email over the line. Jerry, I don't think I can guess. I, 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 how about the Yankees? Are they in there? I'm, I'm guessing oh, the Yankees. You're, you're allowed to make guesses. This is a change. The Yankees are in on the list. They are number four, valued at six billion. They are the highest uh, rated. <clears throat> or they are the highest uh, baseball team uh, of all of Major League Baseball. I forgot. Am They're I not? Four. Am I not supposed to guess? I figure this is a hard enough. I didn't think you were allowed to guess, but I could I could be wrong. I'm not sure kind of how, how we're going to do this. Because usually you know the answer, and I don't think I shared the answer with you. For this. No, you didn't show the answer. So I'm, I'm in on this one. I got one of the 10, and I got myself a bell for it. Um, I'm ready to ring the bell anytime someone gets at least even one of them. The most yep. valuable sports franchises in the world right now. Yep, yep. right now. Oh, hmm. As of last year. And like I said, I'll sprinkle in some kind of fun little. I've got it. I've got a. I've got a. Uh, um, I've got a guess here from Josh online. Uh, he's guessing the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are number one, and it's not even close. Uh, valued at eight billion dollars, the Dallas Cowboys are the number one most valuable sports franchise in the world. Uh, again, it's not even close. I thought it was. Up. I thought the top was going to be at one of the big, big uh, football or soccer. Uh, Soccer, um, uh, we'll get into it. Clubs. We'll, we'll absolutely, yep, we'll get into it. We'll talk, yeah, we'll talk uh, some international soccer. Number, so we got number one and number four. Yep, I don't know where to go from them. Jeez, 707 895 2448. Give us a call, tell us, uh, who you think are the biggest uh sports franchises. I got a couple of uh, this day in sports. I decided to go with 1800s today. Okay, we're old school. We're theming it old school. Yep, so on June 4th, I only have two of them here that that, that jumped out at me, Um, and and they happen to both be in in the 1800s. June 4th, 1838. I like this just because of the description. The first baseball-type game, baseball-type game, was played in Canada. And seeing cricket such an old old sport, I'm guessing it was some takeoff on cricket. I don't know. 
the first baseball type game was played in northern Canada, it said. <clears throat> I I can't imagine. What do you think baseball was like when it was just a baseball type game? Oh, I I don't know. Just trying to like figure <laughs> out like how the sport could look a little bit different. That's a great question. I'm not a I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but I like it. I, I, I do like that it's, it doesn't say first baseball game. It says first baseball type game. So kind of wonder what, what it looked like in comparison, how how different it was. Hello, Cole. You are on the air. Yeah, Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics, Jerry? Are they, are they one of the top ten? Boston Celtics are not in the top ten. They are number 41, valued at $3.55 billion. Huh. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that, buddy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, they are, and that just gives you a reference for like how absurd these numbers are that we're talking about. Like the yeah, man, you're looking for some high, high, high quality. You're looking yeah. for wicked high quality. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for the guess. Yeah. So on that on that note, uh, I think as we get guesses, I'll sprinkle in little nuggets of information, Jim. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to say how many are in the top ten, but in the top fifty. Uh, seven of the top 50 are basketball teams or for, are from the NBA. Huh. You want to yeah. say how many are in football or is that? In the top 50? Well, you said in the top 50 there's? In the top 50, seven of them are basketball teams. I could I probably name those 10. seven. Huh. I, maybe not. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> I, I think I'll, I'll sprinkle in little nuggets as we go through those things. Um, All right. Well, are, yeah, go ahead. 1889, June 4th. Yep. 1889. And I want to know, Jer, if this is still a thing. I've never heard this term before. And I don't know even know if this was if if this was professional baseball. These were the Boston Bean Eaters. His name was John Clarkson. And in 1889 for the Boston Bean Eaters, John Clarkson Pitched an immaculate inning. First of all, before I say what that is, have you ever heard of it before? Uh, I haven't heard, or I haven't, I haven't heard it called that before. Excuse me. Okay, and what that was is three batters got up. He he struck out every batter with three pitches through nine pitches. Yep. Immaculate inning. No foul balls. No balls. No nothing. Is there something else that's called now, or you just it happened? Uh, it looks like it's still called the same thing, according to Wikipedia. Take uh, take it or leave it. Uh, th- it, is a, it has happened 114 times, done wow. by 104 different pitchers. Huh. Name someone uh, pitch the. So that's oh, I just I don't have I don't have that. It's just there. one inning. I mean, you don't even have to have you don't even have to win to to. No, no, not at all. So it's only happened 104 times. Uh. No, it's happened 114 times. Huh. 104 pitchers have done it. Anyone done it twice? Uh, yes. Yeah, seven pitchers have accomplished it more than once. And of those seven, four are in the Hall of Fame. And I would argue at least two of the other three will get into the Hall of Fame. Huh. Immaculate innings. You you pitch nine pitches, all strikes, and uh, you strike everyone out. Interesting. Yeah. Those are good. Those are uh, those are some good 1880s or 1800s sports facts. I like it. Yeah, and, and the the rest was all the rest most most of go, going on sports this week over the last 50 years, which is going on right now is the French Open. Yeah, and uh, 
I don't, I don't imagine you're following that too closely. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hi. Um, a little smidgen on uh, the game that uh, preceded baseball and, and probably was played in Canada. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, in England, there's a game called Rounders, and it's been mentioned since 1744. And it is apparently remarkably like baseball. It's played on a, on a diamond, and it has two teams and a bat and a ball. Does it have four bases? So, I I'm I didn't glean that bit of information. I, I knew the term rounders, and I just did a quick search and got the date on it. But I'm guessing it's four bases. But anyway, you, maybe you can get an, an Englishman who can call in. So well, we, yeah, so we, more. we'll call that a baseball Any, type game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Any guesses on our on our trivia question? I'm going to guess some sort of Bundesliga or some sort of Premier League team, but huh. I can't. Other than Arsenal, I can't come up with any names. Alrighty, thanks for the call. Continue on, guys. Yep. Thank you much. Appreciate it. Arsenal. Uh oh, we're, that's a guess. We're it's a, we, a guess. He, uh, he said the name. We got to give him a guess. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Uh, Arsenal is not in the not in the top fifty. Top fifty, and we're looking for the top. Uh, which leads to again, I'll give little nuggets of information. Okay. Uh, so, again, all my nuggets are about the top 50. I'm not going to spoil anything about the top 10. But of the top 50, only six of them are European soccer clubs. Are there any international sports besides? If there's oh, seven. I take, that back. I take that back. Eight of them are, are, are European soccer clubs that are in the top 50. Is there any other sport not in the United States that's in the top 50 besides European soccer? I don't understand the question. Say it again. <clears throat> Is there any other sport besides international soccer clubs that are in the top 50 outside of the United States? Say, I don't even know if that's a good question or not. No, there's nothing outside of the United States in the top 50 that is not a European soccer club. Huh, interesting. Yes. But again, so, that's about the top 50. We're looking for the top 10. We have two of them at this point. We have number one, the Dallas Cowboys, and number two, the New York Yankees. Uh, or excuse me, number four, the New York Yankees. So there's eight more out there if you want to take a guess. 707-895-2448. Uh, or you can shoot an email to dj at kzyx.org. Uh Jim, while we're on the subject of uh, of tournaments, I think yeah. we, that was mentioned briefly. I would like to give a quick shout out uh, to one of my favorite personal tournaments uh, that is going on right now. It's close second, I think, uh, after the NCAA tournament for uh, college sports. The college softball World Series is going on right now. They have that that down to their final five, uh, or excuse me, now final four. As of a little while ago, they've got it down to the final four teams, uh, but. It's such a fun tournament. I I will watch softball all day, every day. It's just, I I think it's a much more fascinating sport than baseball. I know I'll probably poke poke the bear there a little bit when I say that, but if you have a chance to watch any college softball, uh, go and take a look at it. I want to give the official name of that sport you're talking about. This is Division I NCAA Women's Softball, I believe is the name of that sport. Yeah. And... There's no men's softball in the NCAA, is there? Uh, no, there's not. No, fast pitch oh. softball is only women's sport. Well, and and let's see. Uh, isn't there a team there that hasn't lost in like five years? 
or something? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oklahoma's on uh, pretty has had some pretty absurd winning streaks, and I think they're on another one. Uh, they're just always good. That's like it's just a year in year out thing with them. Huh, so they so they must because they're that good. They must draw a lot of the really good. Hmm. But yeah, it's it's just like I said, it's it's a sport that I adore. Uh, it's so much fun. I think it's such an interesting sport uh, that for a long time I thought was just baseball. And it's, and it's was not, your so. first was your first exposure to that in college for uh, for real of of fast pitch softball? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's it's um, I grew up with it, and so um. Um, I, I saw pitchers. This this was men's. There was no women's sports when I grew where I grew up. Not in the town that I that, that I I lived in, and um, men's fast pitch softball. More so, I know this is for a fact because I've watched this high end NCAA. You've you've got me watching NCAA women's softball as well, mm-hmm. and the biggest difference I watch between men's and and women's fast pitch softball is the men's team was dominated by pitching. I mean, I watched a guy pitch five no hitters in a row. No one could hit this guy in in our town. And um, I got a feeling women have good pitchers, but is would you call it an offensive dominated by hitting? No, no. A good pitcher is still gonna gonna run that tournament. Really? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They, with the ones that are the ones that are throwing in the you know high sixties, low seventies, it, it, it's just as hard to react to that as it is to you know a, a hundred and two mile an hour fastball. It's it's uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, good pitching still still dominates softball even at even at that level. I don't believe they have all the rules. It's like baseball; anyone can pitch at any time, right? Like like um. I, yeah, I don't know the specific rules, uh, like the, the specifics of the rule, but yes, it's a, it's much more lenient about bringing pitchers in and out, out of the game. There, there's a little more leeway to that. A medical aspect of that, I, I asked why once, um, why the same, you could have one pitcher in high school and they could pitch every game in softball, but now they're counting pitches in baseball and little league, and 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 um, I imagine college baseball has some pitching restrictions as well. How many days rest? How many innings you can pitch? All that kind of stuff. And the, the explanation to me medically was throwing the ball underhand is a natural, much more natural of a, of a, um, of a movement, and it doesn't um, trash the elbow and shoulder the way uh, throwing a baseball overhand does. You ever heard that before? I have absolutely. Oh, you have. Yep. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. I didn't make. Uh, you would have called me on it if I made it up, right? No, no. I think I've heard it from you, also, huh. as, as well as a few other people. Yeah, definitely heard it before. Uh, had a guest come in. Uh, I got a text message this time with a guest right. uh, for our list. The guest was the New England Patriots uh, for our trivia question, being in the top fifty, uh, or excuse me, the top ten most valuable franchises uh, in the world. And the New England Patriots was the guest. They come in at number two. Valued at six point two billion dollars, uh, the New England Patriots uh, are number two. And again, a little nugget, nothing specific about the top ten, uh, but just to give uh, some more references of the thirty-two NFL teams, thirty of them are in the top fifty in terms of most valuable franchises in the world. 
So it must cost more to run a football team because that's well, again, part of, that's part of the value. This isn't about expenses. No, that's I know not, that. I know that. But if your your team has to be valued more if you're putting out more money. I mean, there's the, the, those things go together, Jer. I I would argue that's not entirely accurate with how much money is spent in European soccer because there's no salary caps. And the amount of the amount of money that's being thrown around in Europe from a soccer standpoint, <clears throat> I, I don't think that's entirely accurate. I'm just saying that how many we've been over this before. How many how many paid players are on an NFL team? Hundred? Yeah, no, no. In the NFL, 50? 50? 53. That's how many people can be on the payroll. Yeah, well. And, there, well, and there's 12 or 15 on a basketball team on the payroll. Forget about the coaches, just the players. Right. I'll bet you there's more coaches on an NFL team than there are players, way more than there are players on a I, – I just think with 53 players, the value of the team has to be much higher than on a team with 12 players. I mean I, – <clears throat> yeah, I, I guess to a certain degree, but I still think you're mixing up at, at some level. I know, I know, I know, I know yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, hmm. but but yeah, that's uh, yeah. Thirty of the thirty-two NFL teams are in the top fifty. It's pretty pretty crazy. Um, do you know how so many yeah, seven hundred seven? Do you know how many players are on a baseball team? Uh, I think it's twenty-five. Twenty-five, something like that. Yeah. Go ahead, give those numbers out here. Yep, 707-895-2448. That's the number to call if you want to talk about anything going on in the world of sports. Uh, 707-895-2448. we got about 10, 15, excuse me, about 12 minutes left on the show here, so give us a call if you want to take a guess at the trivia question or uh, anything else you would like to talk about going on in the world of sports. Jim, it's, it's funny. I had, a, I had a topic that I thought would be really good to get to based on our conversation that we had with Josh, yeah. uh, but I don't think we have enough time to get into it so we'll, we'll table that uh anything you want to talk about for the next uh the next kind of ten, 10 minutes or so anything uh anything stand out in your sports world Jeez, i don't know where to go you know there's not a lot of calls tonight so we could probably get through any of these just in in uh 10 or 12 minutes um I still can't get over. I, I, have a, I still oh, sorry, can't I get. Saying, I still can't get over the uh, talking to Josh and, um, you know. You know, I, I, I'm you know going on seventy next year. Sure. And uh, uh, my focus was everybody wanted to play sports. Everybody yeah. wanted to play my whole life until like five years ago. <laughs> so, so it's 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 really interesting that am I going to go out. With sports on a down on a downturn, team sports on a, and it all started in high schools and and um, in middle schools and little league. Do you know if the, I wonder if little league is down? I would imagine it is. Yeah, I would imagine it's down. Uh, I have a I have something a question for you. You go. Yeah, little, I need little, a, little I need a question. I, I can't stop thinking about the the. the the decline in in team sports. All right, well let's let's keep it let's keep it somber then. Let's okay. with a topic here. Right. So a while ago we got really into the the the, the debate and controversy <laughs> around transgender athletes. Oh yeah, uh, and, and we, we talked about that a lot because there was a lot of news stories that came out 
about different mm. specific athletes uh, playing different sports. And then that led to a very kind of rapid uptake in states uh, that were proposing legislature to uh, regulate athletics at the kind of high school level and below, I think even at the college level in certain degrees, if they're state schools, um, about, you know, who can, what genders can play what sports uh, with their gender identity in, in play and those types of things. Uh, you asked me a couple of weeks ago to put together a list of kind of where things stand now with that, almost as a, as a check-in. So currently... Well, well, well then, hold, hold on before you give the... Then the I, have, I have my question for you, uh, but go ahead. Um, what I, I want to define... Well, let's take this call first and see if we get back to this. Okay, yep, absolutely. Hello, you're on the air. Uh, I'm going to double dip this evening, and I'm going to call in. I'm not going to talk about transgender sports, but yeah. I'm going to circle back to small schools and, and sports in general. Yep. And um, one of the things that, that schools could look at is just what sports they're involved in and, and checking in with the young people what has got their attention. For instance, um, the sport of disc golf, which I always knew was frisbee golf, I've, I've been sort of watching it on YouTube, and, and it's, a, it's a great sport, if you ask me, and it might be one of those sports that, that young people are, are much more attuned to than regular golf or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my that's... two cents worth. Oh, and I, I checked in with my daughter. Um, I, she went to a small school here in Idaho, and by her reckoning, it's, sports is still relatively big in small towns in Idaho, but I think that's a very, a very relevant point. And it goes back a little bit to not to not to bring video games back into this conversation too much. But I think it's that same kind of argument or case to be made of like that is something that is now much more common with younger kids playing you know competitive video games. That's why there's now high schools that offer it as an actual team and colleges are offering scholarships in the same way of your disc golf example of like looking at what's popular in youth and tweaking things or adding sports or removing sports or whatever is to kind of fit the trends. I think it's absolutely a way you can keep interest alive, even if it is new sports. So what I heard Tim was, was you have a daughter in high school right now in Idaho? No, no, no. She's, she's long out of high school. And I just um, quizzed her if, excuse me, if sports were still big, it, uh, it, the little school that she went to, and oh, I see. Um, she was only guessing, and she thought she thought it was. But uh, one other thing, this is for Jim. Not everybody wants to play sports. When I was in high school, um, there were a serious number of, of students who really didn't want to have anything to do with sports, and they were referred to as gym flakes. But that's <laughs> unkind. Um, they just. You know, they had other things that they that had their interest. It might have been art. It might have been whatever. Theater. But it's, theater it's was not big. everybody's cup of tea. No, that 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 I understand. And as we talked about uh, with Josh, the the math is affects the smaller schools. If it takes ten to play a, a basketball team, whether there's seven hundred kids in the school or one hundred and fifty. So if 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 two percent of the of the kids lose interest it affects a small school more than a big school so you you wouldn't oh, yeah. you wouldn't Absolutely. notice it as much 
and and I understand. I I understand. Um. Um. I I went to school with twenty five hundred kids, and the basketball kids liked basketball, and and they all. Jeez, uh, I I don't know where I'm going with this. We got. I have the actual math that I worked out, Jim, about this. That as a reference, if you would like to hear some specific math about this, if real quick. So let's hypothetically assume that a school like Laytonville or Mendo or whatever, let's say a school of 100, right? Yeah. And let's just say again, for the, the sake of this, all of them are boys. So it's a school of 100 boys. Okay. To field a JV and varsity basketball team, you need 20% of the school's population to be interested in that sport. Right. At a school where I coached last year, where there are 1,800 students, to fill a basketball program, again, assuming they're all boys, you You only need 3.5% of the student population. Right. So, And that's a huge difference. 16.5% is massive. And that's where it's like, you can come up with all these other explanations, but the numbers do really, really matter in this. Oh, they, they really uh, matter because you of, wouldn't even notice if that team was at a drop-off. Right, right. Just the sample size you have, or like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like the, what you need is just totally, totally different. We got another call, Tim. Thanks for the thanks for the feedback. Right. And by the way, for you and everybody else, we encourage double dipping. We don't discourage it. I I understand that. But carry on, gentlemen. Thanks, Tim. You're on the air. Hey, you said it's Josh. Hey. If I heard something, I was going to call back. Well, man, Tim is a hundred percent right. I was listening in, and he and he hit the nail right on the head. And I feel like that's kind of our responsibility to check in with the kids. Right, see what they're into. Right, the only the only thing that's happening is change. We're always going to change. So maybe we got to look at other sports. You guys, he had a great point. You know, maybe we we have a little disc golf course in Laytonville. I teach it for PE. We throw the we throw, huh. throw the frisbees around, the discs around. They're they're into it. I don't know if it would take off as a sport, but why shouldn't we look into it? Right? Why shouldn't we find other ways to engage these kids? I think he's, I think he's a hundred percent right. Laytonville has a PE disc golf and you've got somewhat of a club level esports going or a class. I mean, what, this is amazing. I, I had no idea. The, the, yeah. The esports is a class. We got, we got like 10 or 15 kids in there playing esports with other schools. The disc golf is just a course we set up around campus and I use it in my PE classes. We do, we do a unit on disc golf where we just take the kids around and we, we compete against each other. We haven't competed against anyone else. The kids like it. I, I'm going to ask them tomorrow. You guys, if there was a disc golf team, would they sign up and see what they say? You know what I mean? Like, I think that Tim hit it on the head. Like, let's check in with the kids. That's a good one, Josh. Thanks. Yep. Love you guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Josh. Interesting, Jerry. We we, we we had a little bit of a comeback there with Tim and, and Josh. Yeah, no, I, that's really cool. Uh, like, I think it's doable. I, I think it at what scale is the question, because like, <clears> if you want to have a team, then you have people, then you need to play against other teams, and I then know. it's like, you know, the question of how popular does it get, but it's it's a start, right? And just to get them involved with a team and, and all the kind of great things that come with that uh, is, 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 it's better than nothing. Right. You know, it's better, it's I, I think than, us old school people than, do have to. I mean, we we learned a lot with with the whole social media generation and 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 all, but um, maybe we do have to give it up a little bit. Maybe the maybe the 
football, basketball, baseball, maybe that's maybe that's not going to be the same as it is now, even ten years yeah. from now. I don't know. It's not. It's definitely not. There, there are other sports that have kind of become hmm. more popular, so to speak. Uh, 707-895-2448. Got a couple minutes left here, Jim. I don't think we're going to get to a full quiz question answer. So I have a couple other little fun facts I want to throw out about the most valuable. And then I want you, then I want you to read the answer. I don't want to leave this. We have about two minutes. Um, let me just, just say, um, Steve Garner with Sunday night jazz is, is actually literally putting in a disc as we speak. And he's doing it really silently. So everyone doesn't know he's here. And uh, that's coming up. So uh, go ahead, Jer. Finish the trivia. Yeah. So just I, I won't even go through the list. I just want to throw out some other little nuggets here that, that are really interesting. There, there are no teams outside of the United States in the top ten. Uh, none of European soccer is in the top ten, uh, which I think is fascinating. Uh, the U.S. state with the most teams is California. Yep. Uh, the the total value of the nfl is 136.82 billion the next Jeez. closest to that is the nba at 30 Jeez. So, so like that that's just a reference again for how much money is in the nfl and to kind of use the reference again to european soccer uh the english premier league which is the highest valued in europe that's 16 billion so even the english premier league one of the biggest soccer leagues in the world their total value is half of, of the NBA. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.